I have pictures on my, by my favorite breakfast place. Got my picture taken the day after the draft. We were headed out there on a Saturday morning, and they took the time down. John Schneider Show on Wyman and Bob every Thursday until draft day. And I picked the seventh round pick, and he's like, oh, absolutely. And we got around to it and just Julian Elman, and I'm like, sweet, they're going to pick Julian Elman. And he's like, no, I was just kidding, man. With Seahawks general manager John Schneider. We look forward to this every single week as much as all of you do. It's time for the John Schneider Show. And uh, what a pleasure to be talking to him, Dave, live from the battleground, live where it all happens. And he's out there putting together the next greatest draft. And he'll, he'll get this award. We're going to talk about an award. I'm, I'm feeling two years in a row. We'll see how confident he is. He's with us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is the Seahawks GM, John Schneider. How are you, man? Good, busy. How are you guys doing? We're doing Good. we're doing great. Uh, before we get into all the particulars of the draft and what's going on out there, let me let me say congratulations on winning the uh, best draft award from inside the league. Uh, tell tell people that aren't familiar with that what what that is and what kind of honor that is to be be the guy that gets that yeah. award for the best draft. Yeah, it's a it's a real cool deal because it's uh it's, it's voted on uh, by our peers, uh, all the personnel people and scouts uh, throughout the league and. And uh, just a great reflection of of all the hard work that you know, the whole the whole staff everybody puts in. You know, starting you know for last year's you know you know draft you know right after uh, you know, right in the middle of May and uh, you know the process working all the way through the summer and you know, as we just, we've discussed before you know all the late night school calls and and uh, you know late night reports and all the time in the car and everything like that. It's just a great great reflection on our. Uh, on on the staff and 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 the personnel staff and then in a cl- collaboration with the uh, with the coaching staff as we prepared for last year's draft and yeah to your point you know we're right in the middle of it <laughs> right now you know down here um, at the combine yeah you know it's funny we talk a lot about Tariq Woolen and what a great uh, you know and he was just an amazing pick but the thing I didn't realize John was that uh, Lucas and Cross became the first rookie tackle duo to start. Uh, the first 15 games since 1970. I mean, I guess offensive linemen don't get a lot of love, but I mean, that's that that's a huge accomplishment. Those two guys. Tell us, uh, talk about their development during the season. You know, just super impressed the the, the durability. You know, Abe missed the uh, the one game, but you know, as you well know, Dave, I mean, long season for for rookies, especially at that position. And you know, the guys they played against, you know, starting off the season, you know, the Boses and the Gregories and the Max and you know, all these guys that they uh, they had to play against right away. It was just a really great experience for those guys and gave them a ton of confidence. And, you know, I mean, I think Abe missed, you know, one game with an elbow. But, uh, you know, I just, just, just you know, the, the coaching staff did a great job getting those guys in, 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 uh, in playing shape. And, and um, the, coach, the uh, strength conditioning guys did a great job, you know, helping those guys with their durability throughout the year. And, yes, it's a, it's a really cool story. They're both just – great guys i was actually standing in line at the starbucks early this morning with uh uh one of abe's trainers and, and she was just bragging to me about you know how he's there at seven o'clock in the morning and working his tail off and he's he's, he's ready to you know he's ready to get to prepare for next season hey john you know we we talk about the mariners all the time here and 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 the success they had they finally get to the playoffs last year after two decades of missing it and and then we talk about the following season, the season coming up, and Scott Service talking about, yeah, it's great, we got that monkey off our back, but now there's that expectation when you've got that success and everybody just expects, okay, you're going to at least match it, if not exceed it. Do you feel any of that with this draft? I mean, you, you crushed this last draft. Obviously, you're getting acknowledged for it. You're winning awards for it. 
But now it feels like, you know, that's kind of the expectation. All right, John, do it again. Do you feel any different or any different level of expectation going into this year? No, no, just because we, you know, we put in, we put in the same amount of time, effort, uh, you know, in, in every draft. And, you know, it just so happens that, you know, we have the fifth pick in the draft this year, which is, you know, unique. Uh, I've, I've personally only experienced it one time and that was in Green Bay when we took AJ Hawk. And, um, uh, and so we were trying to decide between AJ Hawk and Vernon Davis, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely different, uh, when you're, when you're picking up there, um, but not pressure, more, more, more excitement. Um, and, and, you know, definitely more preparation for players that, uh, you know, in the past we knew we wouldn't have a chance of drafting. So we didn't necessarily spend as much time with those guys. Hey John, uh, you're there obviously to, to see the combine and the guys perform and all that. But as far as, you know, uh, making contact with, with other teams and other GMs and scouts and things like that, what percentage of, uh, of your meetings are, are, that kind of thing, kind of laying groundwork for for any kind of future deals. Yeah, it's all of it. it it's definitely all of it. It's uh, yeah, you know, it's meeting with uh, other general managers or other uh, you know other cap guys, personnel uh, directors. Uh, you know, trying to figure out what the the, the uh, free agency market landscape is going to look like. Uh, setting up, um, trying to set up possible trades, uh, trade scenarios. Uh, you know, whether that be. You know, uh, in the you know, on, you know, setting up for draft day or just in the off season in general, uh, trying to figure out you know what people's caps look like, cap casualties. Um, yeah, just really trying to get a lay of the land. And from a percentage standpoint, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's 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 definitely like a uh, you know seven o'clock till you know call it three o'clock uh, type of uh, process. Uh, and then there's you know there's just there's there's just a lot of a lot of people, the staff have gotten a lot bigger over the years, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a, there's just a, lot, a ton of interaction and a lot of um, a lot of people to uh, to learn from as we as we try to figure out where where we're headed here. John, I know things often happen at the last minute with a team on the clock, moves are made, but when when do you, as a GM, get a sense of all right, I, I've got a good idea of what's going to happen in front of us? Like, is it is it the night of, the night before, where you feel like all right, we know. I, I'm throwing out hypothetical. The Bears are going to trade that pick to the Colts. The Colts are going to do this. We know the Cardinals are going to do this. We have a sense. Do you, do you get a strong sense of what's happening in front of you, or is it just a, a grab bag until that that pick is made by the commissioner out there? Well, I think it's a great great question. It's a, it's a continual uh, a build up. You know, you're constantly uh, trying to to uh, find find out as much as you possibly can from any source that you possibly can about what's going to be happening in front of you and behind you. And, um, you know, that's just conversations you have with, uh, you know, um, other teams, other agents and, and, um, you know, what teams, uh, teams needs are and, and, um, where, you know, what, how they, how you think they can, um, help their team. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, constantly, you know, we've talked about before, just trying to figure out, you know, strategically, you know, you know, how you, how you figure out where to take a Kobe Bryant or a Tariq Woolen, like where those guys are going to fit in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a constant build up. um, you know, it's, I think it started with, you know, Chicago. There was a tweet, you know, hey, you know, Chicago's looking to they've had offers or something like that to get to, you know, the number one pick or something like that. The first day we got down here, it's like I heard somebody say something like, yeah, uh, you know, why don't you just put a, a billboard up? <laughs> you know, why don't just buy a billboard? Um, but yeah, that stuff's you know, like you guys have seen it in the media and everything too. And yeah, it's a there's it's it's social media and it's it's interacting with as many, as many people as you possibly can. 
John, we talked to uh, Scott Fitter yesterday, and we told him he's the second best GM that we're going to talk to on this show this uh, this week. What a, but, what a great guy, huh? Oh man, yeah. He's the although he did call into question my athletic ability. He said that my wife whoops me in tennis, and you know, he's sort of wearing headbands out there, in sweating through his clothes, like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was in their backyard, right? Dave's getting his butt kicked by his wife right now. Yes, yes, I was. And Fitter was up like with a pair of binoculars in his bedroom watching me. But, uh, but hey, so tell the one thing he said about you, John, was that your people skills are amazing. And, you know, and that's you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, that's that's a huge part of it. Like, you know, how you how you talk to people like, you know, I always say I never hear any uh, a never an ill word out of out of you. You know, as far as talking about people, you don't you don't do that kind of thing. And just tell us how you how you developed that over the years, where you where you learned your your people skills from. Wow, that's nice. That's that's cool that he said that. Nice of you to say. Uh, I don't know. I think it's it's um it's just a trust factor, right? I think you have to be able to interact with people and be above board uh, um, when you're interacting with people and, and let people know that you care. And you know, um, you know, I've, I've always believed that you know you get you get more with honey than you do with vinegar, and and you know, you just try to people treat people the, the way that you would like to be treated. So if I'm you know, if I'm talking to a, a, a club, you know, and I, I, uh, you know, I'd hope that they were being as honest with me as I am with them, like as much as, as much as I possibly could, you know, um, without, you know, putting the, putting the organization at risk. John, I just want you to know I agree with both Scott and Dave. You've got tremendous people skills. So just, <laughs> don't sell yourself short, Judge. <laughs> hey, hey, do you uh, do you pay any attention to mock drafts? Dave and I have spent a lot of time looking at them and talk. I, I think they're fun. I, I I love watching or reading everybody's perspective, and they you know some will do trades, and here's what we see: John Schneider, Pete Carroll doing this. Mel Kiper had you guys trading out to the ninth pick and taking the Florida quarterback and, you know, other, other guys have you moving up. It's, it's, it's fun to me, but do you look at it at all and, and get a kick out of it? Or do you just totally ignore that stuff? Oh no, I always have, I always have, you know, ever since I was a, ever since I was a kid, I couldn't wait for the, the Zimmerman, uh, you know, sports illustrated article to come out like the week before the draft or whatever. And, you know, that was really the only one I think at that time, um, and what, is, what does that look like, and when it ends up really, ha- really happening? Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, we'll get on there and, and mess around with it, and you know, try to try to see how accurate they are. And it depends on on the, uh, you know, it kind of depends on the, the the source of the website as well. I mean, they're you know, the, the you, you you try to figure out who's talking to who, and and uh, you know, we try not to let stuff out of our building, but other people other people do. Hey John, I always say that uh, if I was a GM, I would have never drafted me because of my uh, my injury history and and things like that. You said, and I think yeah, you I'm said not this. Sure about the, I'm not sure about the durability. What the durability score would be there, uh, Dave? But you know. <laughs> no, yeah, it was bad. Trust me. I we, and, we, you know we we, we we like our we like our linebackers to have uh, we like our linebackers to have uh, healthy decks and shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, they like them to be available. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's enough. Anyway, yeah. No, no, my, just... bad. my bad, Dave. You know I love you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but Zada just came and said hi to us. That was cool. Who? TJ Hushmanzada. Oh, oh, TJ. Oh, nice. Yeah. That, that's got to be cool. Okay. That you, you run into a lot you of people. Remember there, right? You guys remember him? 
<laughs> yeah, we do. Of course. Okay, good. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just asking about, you know, the, the physical part of it. I mean, you know, as far as uh, the, the physicals go, um, how yeah. is that? Where does that rank is, you know, as opposed to like no, it, your yeah. 40 time, all that other stuff, interviews sort of rank it for us. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely huge. You know, we, um, you know, we'll have a new orthopedic score and then we'll have a durability score as well. I say score, you know, there's, there's, there's psychological grades, there's, there's uh you know football character grades personal character grades um and also you know uh we'll have an orthopedic grade and like i said we'll have the durability grade we ended up um uh you know implementing a, a durability grade uh, a couple years maybe like 2012 you know we had drafted a couple guys that, that had never missed games and so they had a really they had a really nice orthopedic grade but then um, when they came into pros, they missed. They would. They were missing, you know, a fairly significant amount of time. So we 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 ended up saying, okay, well that's great. You can have a great uh, orthopedic grade, but you also have to have durability grade, and that's where a lot of our, our analytics guys come in and help us as well in sports science. Hey, John. The, obviously, the big story out there now is Jalen Carter and everything he's dealing with. I won't ask you to comment on him specifically, but just as, as we've seen, you know, things pop up during the draft of the Laramie Tunsil picture with the gas mask and the bong and that whole thing. It seems like always something, you know, there'll be something that pops up every year on, on different levels. When that happens, how, do, how does the room respond? How does the building respond? Do all the GMs kind of get together, and can you believe what's going on with this guy? Or do you guys do you huddle with your scouts and say, all right, now we're looking at this guy differently than we did before? Or what, what happens when, when stories like that pop up? Well, uh, we'll go to our security people right away. George Englebright does a great job with us. And so he'll, we'll, we'll go to him and, and ask him to do his research. And then to your point, you know, we, we huddle up as a group. We keep, we keep that in-house. Um, you know, we don't necessarily talk to other teams about that sort of thing. Um, you know, you kind of, you get to, like I said, you know, you get to a point where you got to be really careful about what's coming out of the building and, you know, you don't want to have, you know, the loose lips sink ships thing, you know? So, uh, yeah, we want, we got, we try to keep that stuff real tight. What did that start, John, as far as, uh, cause uh, George, just the nicest guy, George Englebright and, you know, got a, a bunch of guys uh, that, uh, the whole security team that you have there, but, uh, when did that kind of come into play? Is that is that always been the case since you've been in the NFL? Yeah, we've always had yeah we've always had our, our security director you know be the one that handles you know anything you know that we get you know through the league office or any any off the field stuff with um, you know police departments or you know uh, yeah any, any any sort of um, you know off the field activity that we could possibly uh, gather. It's 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 a it's a big project for George and. You know, he, you're right. He is a great guy, and he does an awesome job. Um, it's, it's important to him, and he's really thorough. How, how tough is that for you, John, and probably Pete as well, when you see an athlete at, at any position, linebacker, running back, whatever it is, and you're watching them on film, and you're going, man, this is somebody special. But maybe they've got a background where they've made some poor decisions on a consistent basis. Is it – do you – do you have to resist talking yourself into a player like that? We can fix him. We can. He'll grow up here. Or, or how how tough is it to sort of wrestle with the talent versus what may come with the talent? Well, it's tough, and you have to figure out, you know, if you can, if we can, you know, support the player and, and help that player uh, in our building or, you know, our city where we are, um, you know, uh, yeah, and, and and you know, how can you help that person? And then you know, risk versus reward. So. Uh, you know, we've, we've definitely, you know, we've, we've, we've tried, you guys have seen us do it in the past to, to, you know, give people second, third chances and, and, uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll continue to do that, but you always have to weigh um, that risk versus, versus the reward of, uh, you know, what, what's the upside here and, you know, what's the downside. Hey, John, tell us, uh, you know, you just uh, mentioned that TJ Hushmanzada just, uh, just walked by as, you know, how cool is that? I mean, it's it's also kind of a little bit of a, a social thing. I mean, you're, you're seeing all kinds of uh, players from your, your past or whatever, but uh, who are some of the – anybody in um, particular that you've bumped oh, into? Oh, yeah. Yeah, constantly. Great. Yeah, so last night I spoke to the uh, the offensive linemen and the runners. Um, it was their, like, you know, first night. And so I talked to those guys, and they had, they had some legends in there. And it was so cool. It was like uh, Donnie Edwards. Uh, John Randall, Will Shields, uh, Robert Turbin, and I was talking to all these guys. I'm like, no way, you guys are making me feel old. So I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I got, I got to get a selfie with you guys. So I took a selfie with those funny because, mm-hmm. you know, the year we signed John Randall in Minnesota, uh, I worked on a deal with Gary Uberstein and uh, his his, his uh, representative. And then after the draft, I, you know, I, you know, I went to uh, the Redskins with with uh, Marty Schottenheimer, and and so he was giving me crud last night. He's like, yeah, I was always wondering where that, that short white guy went that signed me. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was pretty cool, though. So, yeah, I, guess I was able to get a selfie with those guys. Hey, hey, John, in reading different headlines about different teams at this time of year, the, everybody talks about franchise tags. Well, they got to work out a deal with this guy. If not, they'll they'll tag him. You don't see it that often. Certainly, the Seahawks are, are don't use it much at all. Is and I'm curious, just from your perspective as a GM, is it is it the reluctance to use that tag? Is it more about just the hit the salary cap takes, and you can't spread money out, and let's figure this out? Or it, what what would you say is the biggest reason that doesn't get used more often? Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. You have to have the you have to have flexibility within your within the cap. You know, you always have to do that if you want to. Get, to, to uh, try to continue to uh, build your team all throughout the year. You know, I'm talking, you know, all the way through the trade deadline or, you know, extending guys at the end of seasons and everything like that. So you, you, it's, it's, it just could be, you know, it just could be prohibitive. You know, I've, you know, obviously there's, there's different positions where it makes sense, uh, you know, because the, the number's not quite as high. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, like, that was a big deal for us to get the deal done with Jason Myers. I think I talked to you guys about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, kicker is a position, you know, you, you can, you can, you know, you can, you can stomach it. So, but we, we didn't want to do that. And uh, so we, we were able to work with his agency and, and, uh, and get a deal done. But um, yeah, I've never really looked at it as a negative thing when people say, Oh, you know, you get the franchise tag. Cause if you get in a franchise tag, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a significant amount of money, especially at the premium positions. Hey, John, I always bring this up with KJ that I, for whatever reason, I was watching the combine. I remember his, his combine watching KJ run around the field. And, you know, it was during the drill part of it. I just remember thinking, man, those long legs, like it doesn't look like he's moving that fast. And it was just very interesting to see that part of it. Is that, what, what do you actually watch at, at the <clears throat> combine? I mean, I don't know if you're going to sit there and watch the 40 or anything like that. Is are the drills that they do out on the field? Is that is that something really worth watching? Oh, absolutely, yeah, definitely. And you know, it's not just the live uh, portion. You know, Dave, it's it's uh, when we get back, we'll we'll go through, you know, by position and give guys individual grades. You know, just you know, watching the video, um, and we'll you know we'll grade different you know you know W drills and you know different bag drills and and. And see what what see all those all those grades add up and what that looks like and you know when you're watching it live you're also watching how the guys interact with each other uh, who's competing who's not who's 
you know, just by themselves on their cell phones over in the corner or, you know, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to, uh, you know, everything counts. Right. And, and so there's, a, there's a lot to observe and, and a lot to take in and, 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 and learn throughout this, this process, especially, you know, when they're on the field working out. Hey, John, just as far as the combine itself goes, do you still place the same amount of value on it? Is it more or less? We, Dave and I were talking about the story that came out, the NFLPA wanting to regionalize this. They don't like the combine. They want it to be a regional thing. And I, to me, that seemed counterintuitive, and the, it just gets bigger every year. I just can't see it going away. But as somebody who utilizes the combine as, a, as obviously a tool to, to measure and evaluate, what's your feeling about that? No, no, I, we we love it. I mean, it's a, it's it's a grinder. There's no question about it for everybody. The training staff, the doctors, you know, um, you know, all the scouts, all the coaches that, that attend and everything like that. But it's 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 worthwhile. And and you know, I've heard people say that maybe they want to move it, that sort of thing. You know, to your point. But you know, really, you know, to Dave's point earlier, you know, the medicals probably the, the, the reason they started the combine was that's very important is my point is a medical grade but the reason they started the combine was the jets drafted uh wesley walker wide receiver a number of years ago i can't remember what year it was uh, maybe early 80s late 70s or something like that and they once they once they acquired him they found out that he was blind in one eye now he was a phenomenal receiver but it was at that point it's my understanding that a lot of the, the teams got together and said hey we can't we gotta we gotta work together and and, and, and have a one, one central place where we can, you know, we can get all the medical grades. So it's really that's primarily the reason they started it was for all the for all the medical grades. And, and Jeff Foster does a great job here, uh, you know, with with working with all the uh, hospitals in town here. And it is a very big, you know, it's a convention town, so it's very walkable uh, skyways, and, and you know, it's really easy to get around. Um, so it just it just makes it makes makes sense to to be here. And, and um, yeah, it's 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 a uh, I, I think it's, I think it's essential myself. Hey John, uh, probably the most memorable combine moment was Pete Carroll taking his shirt off in the meeting with DK Metcalf. And <laughs> I'm wondering if you were in that room or if there's maybe a possibility this year that you, you take your shirt off uh, in front of one of the one of the prospects. Um, what, what do you think? Uh, that that would be a big negative, Ghost Rider. That is not happening. <laughs> Uh, Top gun. I, I, I was not. I was. I was. Uh, I was actually around the corner. Um, I forget who I was meeting with, but uh, I was right around the corner from our room at that point. And uh, and and uh, a couple of our scouts came out of the room, just laughing their tails off. They're like, "You're never gonna believe what Pete just did with Metcalf." I was like, "Oh God, what did he do?" But it was it, that was a that was a that was a really funny moment. You know, we had a we had a moment. Um, these combine stories, uh, uh, we had uh, Kajana Carter in our room. I'll never forget that when I was with the Packers. And it was pretty evident he was going to be like a, you know, top, you know, what, second or one, first or second or third pick in the draft. And, and uh, we had him we had him in our room. And I say that because it was the exact same room that uh, that Metcalf, that, that Pete and Metcalf did that in. But we were watching the, the, the players were all headed to the dinner to watch the, uh, or they were, they were going to dinner. And we had the NBA dunk contest on, and Kajana was in there watching it with us, and 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 uh, he was getting, he was a little late for dinner, and he's like, by the way, why are you guys? Because we we're picking like twenty six or something like that, and he's like, why are you guys, um, why are you guys being with me again? And uh, you know, you, you know, you guys are picking twenty something, right? And we're like, yeah, well, and he's like, well, I'm probably not going to 
he's there, right? And I'm like, well, not after hanging out with us and we get done spreading all these rumors about you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to spread rumors about what happened in the Packers room. But it's a funny story because that, that was the exact same it was that exact same room that we were in. You get in these things, you get in these rooms like you know, like you know, we felt like you feel like you're, you're spending two months here. So um, yeah, it's that's a that that thing with Pete was hilarious. Well, it's 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 fun to watch. I, I hope it stays as it is. The regional thing, I think, is a bad idea, but we'll we'll see. Uh, it, it's good to talk to you as as always, John. We appreciate the time. Have fun out there, and and uh, no, no big deal. Everybody just expecting you to do what you did last year or do better. You know, no big deal. No pressure. <laughs> well, the goal was to do better. Okay, so you know, I, don't, I hope all the fans know how much everybody's busted their tail down here, and you know. That's that's what that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make everybody proud. Yeah. We appreciate you, man. Good luck, John. Yep. Appreciate you guys. There you go. John Schneider with us every Thursday at 4 o'clock here with Wyman and Bob. If they do better in this year's draft than they did last year, start creating the statue right now to put out in front of Lumen Field because that's uh, it's hard to imagine. But good stuff from John Schneider. We'll come back, give you some thoughts on what we heard from the Seahawks GM. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Dave and I are evaluating 40-yard dash times at the uh, Combine. Talking about what's good, what's acceptable, what's what's average. Yeah, some of I these was, guys. I was saying anything below, I think, below 4-7 is, is really good. And for linebackers. We're looking for at linebackers, linebackers right yeah. now. Yeah, so four, uh, five, eight on that one. Yeah, there's some ridiculous. I mean, under six is I think pretty amazing. But under know, four, six. Yeah, if you if you're able to run in the four, five range, which I did one time when I was uh, getting tested. It was a pro day I had at Stanford. So and it was indoors. <laughs> you know, it was on the uh, the basketball court. So that was a little bit faster track mm. there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is no joke. I know it sounds like an excuse, but I ran my worst 40 at the Combine because all the, you know, we talked about the medical, like the the teams want to bring all their medical people in. That's the biggest yeah. problem. And you heard the story from John there talking about uh, a receiver being blind in one eye. Yeah, Wesley Welker. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's something that would go unnoticed in the past. So they want to get their doctor. And so whenever anybody found out about my dislocated knee, they're like, no way. I'm yeah. not touching you. I'm like, I got a year's worth of all pack 10 linebacker <laughs> yeah. post play. knee injury. Yeah. And, uh, and so they were, you know, yanking on my knee and testing it and everything. And then it f- swole up. That's why you 40 time wasn't what it should it have been. It was part of it. I probably <laughs> choked. I probably choked. But what were the butterflies like there? What were the nerves? You're getting ready. You're you're in your stance. Were yeah. you, did you feel the nerve? Did you feel like you were? You talked about more than a few times your your ritual was to throw up before games. Yeah. Did you have any any no. nausea? Any any feelings like man, I'm gonna yak right here in the middle of this 40 yard dash. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. But you know, and you just kind of talked to. I mean, this is back before cell phones, and nobody knew anyone. Yeah, and I knew who. Corn Cornelius Bennett was, and he was Biscuit. a stud, man. Oh, yeah, and he ran a ridiculous forty. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it was it was kind of nerve wracking, but you want to go out and show everybody that you can compete, and that's the thing I think is very different, especially if I'm evaluating talent as opposed to a pro day. You bring everybody in, 
nobody knows well they probably all know each other now but nobody really knows e- each other and they're they're trying to you're trying to compete and yeah. then you go out there and you got a coach telling you how to do a drill you've never seen before yeah and you're on a field you don't play on whereas yeah. a pro day it's almost weird if you don't shine right it's your it's your track so to speak it's your field it's your receivers it's you you're the one designing the whole play especially you for know, quarterbacks yeah i mean you are set up to look yeah. great any any you know, so it's I get the idea of a pro day. That's what you should be doing, trying to shine. But I would assume as a GM, there's probably more value in seeing a guy shine in this setting versus in the comfort of his home confines with his receivers and him drawing yep. up the, the route tree and all this, all the different things that go on there. I think there's value to both. But I just and it didn't sound like John. And we, if you're just tuning in, we just spoke with uh, John Schneider, the John Schneider show every Thursday at four o'clock here with Wyman and Bob. Find it on the podcast page after the show. He's always, A, he's he's fun to talk to. He's very good. He's got great stories. But just taking you behind the scenes of how they, mm-hmm. you know, asking them how do, how do you evaluate these guys, asking them about the Jalen Carter situation, you know, does that, you know, how does that work? Do you kind of talk to other GMs? What do you think? Or you need talked about, no, we get together with our scouts and talk to our security guy. And it's just, I love hearing the behind the scenes stuff and just process. Yeah, that that's what I uh, kind of brought that up, uh, you know, specifically with him about the whole security team that they have. And their guy, George, is just the nicest guy in the world. But, you know, he also looks like a guy that might kill you with his thumb. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, and, and they're they're constantly doing that. I mean, that's, that's right up there with medical. You heard John talk about it, that, you know, you want to make sure that the guy doesn't have any kind of problems. And, that, and that's also where, and, and it's about something you brought up the other day. It's about decision making. You know what? How are you? What are you? Uh, what's your process? And if you've got a couple of things on there, you know, they're, you know, I think the security guys will probably be like, yeah, you might want to stay away from this. He's got this, that, and the other. And they're doing all kinds of research and everything. So, yeah, they got a great staff over there. Another guy named Dave Love. Um, you know, just uh, they, they are just uh, really good at what they do. Also, you'd think security guys would be like hard asses and they're the nicest guys in the world. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and John Kristoff is another one. He's he's Pete's copper kind of. So, uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, they they uh, that's a big part of it because you know those are the things health. John talked about that, and then you know, and then what's the trend? And this mm-hmm. is what's so interesting about Rashad Penny is that his trend was nothing like what happened in the NFL. Yeah, and he was, he was talking about there was they had it separated. Was it a health score and a durability score? Is that what it was? Yeah, there were two different the, uh, scores that address essentially. You know how long? How is this guy going to be there? Game in, game out, and does he a does he have a history of it at the college level? So, yeah, I mean they they, they really leave no stone unturned. Yeah, you know they 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 are picking you apart and finding right. every flaw, anything that's not going to be a positive, and and it's so if they miss on a player, it's not because they didn't do their homework. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it used to be back in the day where there was a story, and I'm not entirely sure that it's true, but that the Raiders, there was two uh, a guy that was two guys that were named the same name, and mm-hmm. they took the wrong one or something. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's so much more information now, and this was back in like the 70s or something like that. But uh, yeah, and but the one thing I'll say about the pro day, real quick before we go to break, um, is that they are coming in and they're having you do their things. Yeah. So, you know, they want to see this kind of pass, you know, they want to see this kind of run or drill or whatever. And for me, you know, it was my drop and, you know, 
going over bags and stuff like that. So they're they're controlling that part of it. But yeah, it's like you said, you're kind of at your 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 home field, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Coming up, Pete Carroll mentioned one trait that made last year's draft class so successful. We'll hear about that when we sweep the dial. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. Scanning the airwaves for the most interesting and entertaining stories of the day. Sweeping the dial. Every afternoon at 445 with Wyman and Bob. All these coaches and GMs are making the rounds at the Combine. Scott Fitter, I think, was going through the car wash yesterday. He had interview after interview when he talked to you guys. And Pete Carroll is doing an interview on Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio and Chris Sims. And he mentioned one trait in last year's draft class that has led them to uh, being successful right away. We, we really want to keep adding competitive guys that are really over the top that yeah. way. You know, as much as we, we hit it with... The height, weight, and speed thing with with Tariq Woolen, right. but we found out that he was a terrific competitor too. And when we knew, you know, I can't tell you that we knew all of that early on because it was kind of a you know the fifth round pick and all yeah. of that. But uh, we want to keep adding to it because the guys that came through this year for us in this last year's draft all have great makeup. Yeah. They have confidence in themselves. They've got the, the, the willingness to say, okay, I, I don't know everything, but yet I'm, I'm going to dig in and fight and call and scratch and, and hang with it. Uh, and, and we were rewarded with a great class last year, you know, guys. And it's the makeup of the kids that are so, so important. Now we really want to stay with that and really make sure that that's a, at the very source of what we're, we're doing in this process. Hasn't that always been what they look for, though? I mean, I, I would say that would be the prerequisite for any Super Draft competitive. Pick. Well, yeah, just hey, man, I'm the whatever it takes. Whatever, I'm I'm here to win. I'm here to do whatever it takes to have an impact on the team that I go to. Yeah, well, maybe John wouldn't have uh, taken me, but Pete might have because he likes that yeah. kind of uh, somebody who's come back from something that you're competing. I mean, you're out there on crutches, going through drills. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, like. I, I used to go on these like three and a half hour bike rides. I was just obsessed with with getting back, and yeah, that that probably would have clashed with John because the health was not good. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's those are the kinds of stories. Remember, he always says uh, that we're looking for guys with grit. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have some kind of disadvantage in their past that they've overcome, you know, is always a, a sign of being competitive. Because I'm like sitting here thinking, if you don't really know what he's talking about, what does that mean? What yeah. do you mean compete? Like, is he going to try to cut in line at the at the lunch counter? He's <laughs> always or, competing. I love it. Yeah, cut I mean, in front of everybody. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, I think it, it's what it means to him. Like when you screw up, you know, if you you kind of you're hard on yourself, and I can do that better. Let me do it again. I mean, that those are the kinds of things that um, you know that they're trying to get out of. What do they? What did they say those meetings are like? 15 minutes? I think, was it 18 minutes? It 18, was an odd yeah. number. Yeah, 18, 18 minutes. Yeah. I mean, a strange number to land on. So, you know, we interview people for like John for, what, 20, 22, 23 minutes. And yeah. you want to get the best questions in there. And I'm sure that they're just, you know, I, I would think you would want to meet beforehand and say, hey, look, this is what what we want to kind of what we do. You know, I, I wonder how many of those interviews go the way some of ours go with college kids who aren't really that verbose yeah. <laughs> oftentimes are giving you two and three word answers and you end up asking 75 questions in a 10 minute yeah span of time right sweeping the dial well speaking of bad answers this will go down as one ravens gm eric DaCosta was asked about the challenges of evaluating wide receivers and then he manages to insult his own wide receivers on the ravens while answering i would say a lot of people would say the same thing it's a challenging position to evaluate in different ways 
Um, I don't have a, if I had an answer, that means I would probably have some better receivers, I guess. Um, we keep trying. You know, I think there's a lot of things that go along with that position. Sometimes it's, it is tied to the quarterback. And I think it's tied to things like durability. It's tied to, you know, a lot of things. Um, we're going to keep swinging. You know, uh, there have been some guys that, you know, have been successful players for us that were draft picks. We've never really hit on that all pro type of guy, which is disappointing, I would say. But it's not for lack of effort. You know what that Goodness. is right there, Bob? You know what that is? Bad people's skills. Terrible. Terrible. Why would you say that? It may be true. I haven't looked at the Ravens receiver numbers and how they stack up against the rest of the league. But why would you say that? Because you see what happened. The, The blowback comes from a player on his team, Rashad Bateman, took to Twitter, which is where they go these days. Uh, He was a first-round pick by the Ravens in 2021, and he tweeted, uh, how about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us in number eight? Blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. Care about us. See what happens. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. Yo, you need yeah. to let Dave read that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that later. But uh, I mean, and then yeah, he it's... since deleted that, and then he just sent right. out a two-word tweet that said, "My apologies." Well, <laughs> yeah, he but, probably it was late at night or something. But I, I don't, I don't understand why you would ever do anything like that. And like I said, I've been with John in a lot of different situations, and I'm not just saying this. Like, I've never heard him utter an ill word about a player. It just, you know, he'll give his evaluation and things like that, but never, never anything like that. I mean, that's just so bad. Sweeping the dial. I hate to disappoint you guys, especially Dave, because he loves the combine and he loves Dan Campbell. But uh, your guy today said that, you know, he likes the combine, but Campbell himself doesn't really think the workouts are that useful. To me, it's more at this point just to be able to sit with these guys. You know, obviously they get the medical during the week, but for us to be able to do these formal interviews or informal is to me the biggest part of all this. It's not even the working out portion. Like to me, you grade them off the tape, you don't grade off somebody out here in pajamas running around on 40 with no defender around or offender um so um but the meetings are great you know the meetings are really pivotal so all the other stuff whatever just tell me when to show up we'll get it done he's an offender he's an offender i love it you know i don't think you have a problem with what he said there no i don't at all i don't really think he you know, I think most people generally think that. I mean, sure, it's fun to watch the 40. I mean, I, I don't even think they watch it. Every once in a while, you'll see uh, some of these old scouts that are up in the stands. They don't trust the time down yeah. on the field. They got to have their own little stopwatch that they, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there are those kinds of guys. But I, I just think he's he's totally right. The medical part of it, I guess, would be number one, right? Because if a guy can't yeah. get on the field, then... And then secondly is your personality and your background. And he said what we've talked about, you know, that you're judging him. We talked to Schneider about this. Like you kind of have your your book on this guy before the conversation. You haven't had the conversation, but you got all the game tape. Here's what we've seen this guy do well. Here's where we've seen he could use some work or it's a weakness. Here's a strength. You've got all that. 
you've got hours and hours and hours of game tape, and you've got all your scouts doing all their due diligence. So, yeah, I, I, I think what he said is is fairly obvious that these don't tell him much more than the tape. Yeah, it's about the medicals. It's about the the conversation. Who are we bringing into the building? Well, and I think you know one of the things I thought was really cool last year was Jordan Davis, and that mm-hmm. was the and he didn't really play for the Eagles. Now he had a a really good defensive lineman in front of him where everybody had double digit sacks, but he was the hero of the of the combine last year. You know, big dude that ran a fast forty, and you know was good on all the drills and everything. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that part's entertaining for us, but I don't think that that moved the needle. Uh, Maybe it did a little bit. Maybe they didn't know he had that kind of speed, but, you know, you're looking at the tape. You know, a lot of the coach, and Schneider said this to us in the very beginning. He's like, you know, uh, a lot of people don't recognize me. Like, Mm -hmm. and so he's down on the field and he doesn't, you know, come off. He doesn't have that air. He's very much a regular guy. So he gets a chance to kind of be behind the, the bench and down on the field and see how these guys are reacting out on the field and yeah i thought that was interesting that he said that that he's fairly anonymous yeah you know? uh but but not not anymore bob no you the, know why because of this the he's show on every thursday yeah we've propelled him bob show we've propelled him to new heights right. he's not going to be able to walk out in public now yeah. so we're sorry about that hey coming up there's some uh, interesting insight from jerry depoto this morning about a potential dark horse to make this roster we'll get into that next with wyman and bob this is seattle sports on 710